0: One thing good about the pandemic, just as when I was going to grad school and 9-11 hit, is that there are opportunities to tell incredible stories.
1: That was Rochelle Canigal, SF State Journalism Chair and Diversity Style Guide Editor. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this episode, Rochelle concludes her life story While working for papers in the East Bay, she got the opportunity to teach a journalism class at SF State. She loved it so much that she decided to get her graduate degree and pursue teaching on a tenure track. She ended up at Columbia University and was in New York when 9-11 happened. After a quick detour at CSU Monterey Bay, Rochelle ended up getting her dream job when she became a full-time journalism professor at SF State we end this podcast with a reflection on what it means to still be here. Here's Rochelle.
0: I just couldn't deal with the commute. Yeah, that's you know. a lot. Um, and
1: they, would you say they were, they were more different back then? Is that fair San to Francisco say? San Francisco and Oakland? or Yeah, more different than than they are now. Because I feel like there's, a, there's a, a, a bit of gentrification that has creeped over here. Mm-hmm. Certain pockets, you know, the western part of town. But you know, there's like, there's less, I feel like there's less, a little less there, difference.
0: There may be less different. You know, I've lived here for so long. I, I lived away for a, a couple of times for a, a few years, but I've mostly lived in Oakland now for, um, for most of the last 35, almost 30. or, oh, or, 35. Almost, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. a long time. So um, almost 40 years, actually. So, yeah, it's. I mean, I guess Oakland has changed a lot, um, but. But I got to like Oakland, and I got to love Oakland. Actually, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it was in a lot of ways a more diverse place. It was, um, I think, still is. Yeah, yeah, and and remains that way. And yeah.
1: Okay, so now you're.
0: So now I'm working at the Valley Times. Not your first
1: job. Your first job was the the progress. The progress. And so now, and now you've moved.
0: Right. So now your heart's living a in little, Oakland. little broken. Heart's a little broken and um but i'm working for first the valley times and then the contra costa times and i started covering medicine at the contra costa times Mm. so we we had this medical reporter who got fired and i was doing courts three days a week and night cops on friday and saturday nights okay (laughs) and um you know classic entry-level job Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so um when the medical reporter left i said well are you going to hire a medical reporter no i don't think we're going to hire anyone the editor said if you want you could do a story every now and then and so i started um writing some health and medical stuff and then finally they ended up giving me that beat and it's funny because i was a very squeamish person Mm. um i didn't really like, you know, medical stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I loved the stories that came out of the health mm-hmm. beat because there were stories of, um, you know, people um, having health problems. I wrote a lot about AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. this was the um, mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. So AIDS was a huge huge issue and so i wrote a lot of stories on aids a lot of stories about um genetic diseases and new advances in in genetic um engineering and um wow. and things like that um and i really f- fell for the beat like i really got into it okay. even though even though it meant that i had to go to i went to um a brain surgery a knee surgery heart surgery um you know, thought that I was going to faint a couple of times. <laughs> like you look away, but, just tell me what ha- was yeah, happening. Right, right. <laughs> but um but you know, I ended up covering these things that were very challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And um then I then I got a job at the News and Observer in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. So um, which was for me, it was kind of like going to grad school Mm. in medical writing because I was covering Duke and University of North Carolina medical schools. Mm -hmm. They had um, two major drug companies um, and it was the research triangle is is. You know, I can't remember. It was something like one out of three or four people worked in healthcare. It was oh, wow. it was a real. It it was a very prominent beat at this newspaper, mm-hmm. and it was um, a very you know. So I had front page stories all the time. Oh wow! And it was it was a way to really um, learn about how to cover medicine.
1: And what city did you live in? Raleigh. Ren Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and how long were you there? I was
0: there for three years. Okay. And then I heard that the Tribune was uh, looking for a medical reporter, so I went back to the Oakland Tribune. Okay, so I went there as a reporter.
1: It's like the table was being set for you.
0: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> come back, like yeah. kind of similar to your brother. Yeah. Reestablishing ties, like come back, Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you came back and did the did the medical beat for the Oakland Tribune. Right. Um. And and came back and lived in Oakland And again. came back and lived
0: in Oakland. Okay. Um, I had gotten married in North Carolina, too. I had met my husband um, here. He was working at another little newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we met. He followed me out to Raleigh, and then we moved back here.
1: Okay. You mentioned you have at least one son, one uh, child. Yes. Do you want to talk about anything about, about starting a family? I yeah, mean...
0: yeah. I think so, one
1: child makes at least a family.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I have two. Okay. Um so um so I'm going to talk a little bit more about my career because yes. it's it's going to um bridge that. Okay. So so I was working at the Tribune. Um we had an editor I had an editor who was teaching part-time at San Francisco State. And so I asked him about that and the editor uh, another editor at the newspaper was good friends with the then chair of the department okay. so i asked if i could come teach um and what um, year would that have been so that was the summer of 1995 95 okay. right okay. and at that point i had my son was about a year 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 and a half old
1: and you had been working for roughly 10 11 12 years or so
0: yeah almost 50 well, i think well yeah about 13 something like that okay yeah okay Graduated from SF State in 1983. Okay. So this was now 1995. So, yeah, about 12 12 years. years. Mm -hmm. So I started teaching uh, a class, a news writing class. And. And, But you had no experience teaching. I had no experience teaching, but I was a journalist. Right. And and they let me teach this class, and and it was, I just loved it. It was great. Can yet, I ask you the thing yeah. that I always ask
1: mm-hmm. um, any performative, you know, com- comedians or, or mm-hmm. musicians or anything like that, describe the first day of class. I mean, you know, the first oh, day, you day of nervous? class was uh,
0: at the first day of class. I was petrified yeah. and excited. Right. To the point where and this has not happened to me since. Okay. But the first day of class I don't know what I said, but <laughs> but as people were, as I was wrapping up class, they applauded. Oh, okay. And everybody came up to me afterwards and said, I'm so excited to teach this class, to, to, to take, take this, this class. class. Okay. And like I said, this has not happened to me since. Right, right. So I don't know what kind of magic happened that day, but huh. I, I... Just was on fire. I was so excited. I was so excited (laughs) to to take this thing that I love doing, journalism, and to teach it to young people. Um, and yeah, it. I just loved it. Um, Okay. So then, so I started teaching one class a semester, Mm
1: -hmm. while also working
0: while working as as a reporter. Okay while raising my son. Mm-hmm. And then um, somebody left abruptly, one of the faculty members left abruptly, and the chair asked me if I would want to teach full-time for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, was, he took a leave or something. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my editor at the Tribune if I could take a leave, mm-hmm. and my editor said, You can take a leave, but I don't know if I'm going to have a job for you when you come back. Right. No guarantee. No guarantee. (laughs) And I decided to take the plunge. To go for it. And I went for it, and I started teaching as a full-time lecturer.
1: That was 95 or... That was
0: 97. That was January of 97.
1: Seven. Okay. And what subjects or what subject matter were you you teaching? Reporting? Uh, I
0: was teaching news writing, reporting, reporting. at some point, I was teaching magazine writing, feature oh. writing, uh, those kind of classes. And then in 20,
1: and... 2005 some dude came into your class and <laughs> yes. started a magazine. <laughs> yes. I don't want to jump too far, but also yeah. obviously being facetious, but yeah. um, yeah. So so now you're full time. So
0: now I'm um, full time, but I'm a lecturer, and so the way lecturers are. You know it's however many classes they need someone to teach right so it's a very it's a very um impermanent uh, unstable situation not
1: tenure track
0: not tenure track and i didn't have a master's degree mm-hmm. so i decided after i taught for a couple of years i had my second son so i have two sons um i decided to go to grad school okay and so then I went to Columbia. Okay. Moved my whole family. Oh, they all moved. To New okay. York. Okay. Yeah.
1: I guess your your sons were young. My sons were or at least one of them.
0: When was. we got there we they were two and uh six. And we get there in August of two thousand
1: and one. I mean Columbia. Yeah, That's Columbia. Big deal.
0: August of two thousand one. I'm oh, really, August of 2001. <laughs> I'm oh really goodness. excited to be okay. in New York. I'm back, you know, walking the streets of New York mm-hmm, City. Mm-hmm. And then um, one day I went to school and there was this there was this sort of gathering spot in the journalism school that had some TVs. I walk into this room and these TVs are on and one plane has hit one tower of the world trade center and then i watched the other plane live live Mm -hmm. (laughs) on tv Mm -hmm. hitting the world trade center Mm -hmm. so that was the year that i was okay i was in new york so it was a it was an incredible experience as a journalist as a west coaster as a mother of little kids Mm -hmm. um as the wife of a journalist who was covering it for Time Magazine, oh so wow, my, my husband was was writing at that time for Time Magazine a lot, and so they sent okay. him out, wow. and yeah, so there was a lot <laughs> going on. You're like,
1: I just thought I was going to grad school. Yeah,
0: I just thought I was going to grad school, and yeah. Well, you
1: can, I, you know, I don't think we've had anyone on the show who was in New York when that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, what was New York like in the months after that? I mean.
0: It w- there was so much going on. It was so, it was so weird because in some ways I was you know so I was on the Upper West Side uh, <laughs> where Columbia is, and um, a couple of days later I remember remarking it was this gorgeous week you know it was beautiful September fall early fall weather, <laughs> and I remember walking down the street and there were all these people sitting in cafes, <laughs> talking, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird because, you know, a couple miles away, you know, a few miles away down on the other end of the island, there was this incredible devastation.
1: The world was ending.
0: The world was ending. So it was, yeah, it was very, it was very strange. Um, it was all anybody thought about, talked about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, for remember, months. For months. Yeah. yeah. Well, for years. For, years. <laughs> for decades. Yeah, here we but, are. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a huge story. Um
1: Did you ever second guess your decision to, to go to grad school? Like you know
0: No. Okay. No. No, it was best one of the best years of my life, even okay. though even though nine eleven yeah. my father died that year. I'm sorry. Um but it still was one of the most I mean, I loved going to grad school. I loved And and one thing that was neat was going there. I was in a mid-career program, Mm -hmm. which I think they don't have anymore, but it was specifically for um, experienced journalists. Folks who had worked. Folks who had worked. And so we took some classes with the regular students, but we didn't have to take the basic reporting classes and that sort of thing. And what was neat was I was – not just taking classes to learn the material in the classes, but I was taking notes on my professors mm. and what worked and what didn't work mm-hmm. and what was engaging and what wasn't engaging.
1: As a, as a, uh, an instructor, as a teacher. Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: And so for me, even though they weren't teaching me how to teach, I was learning how to teach mm-hmm. based on that.
1: So the idea was always get the degree and then come back and try to get it more. Right, pr- more... that was the plan. Substantial? Permanent? Well,
0: perma- per- more per- Get more a, permanent. Get ter- a tenure track permanent Okay.
1: Job. And is that yeah. what happened?
0: And that's exactly what happened.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how many? Oh. But
0: not at of State. Oh. So I got a job at the CSU in Monterey Bay.
1: Okay. Not bad.
0: Yeah. And so we moved back to Oakland and I was commuting to Monterey. Wow. So I... Had a room there, and I would stay there three nights a week and then come back. And my husband was basically raising our kids half the week. Okay. And um, I was there for a year and a half, um, and then I got the job at San Francisco State.
1: Okay. Yeah, because, again, I don't have a good memory. But if memory serves, I feel like I was already in the program when you came yes and i I, didn't know your story so i thought maybe you were just brand new
0: yeah i came uh i came back in um january 2004
1: four okay that makes sense Yeah. so and so was but when you came back were you now hired on yeah tenure tenure track okay tenure track yeah okay Mm -hmm. so i mean this is this part gets a little bit weird because i'm like kind of implicitly in the story but what was it like now you're back it's kind of dream dream achieved
0: dream yes dream achieved um and so i was back in san francisco back at san francisco state um teaching in i think the most exciting and also challenging learning environment Mm -hmm. um teaching the students i wanted to be teaching I i mean i feel like the students at san francisco state are just much more, I don't know, you You can't say that certain people are more interesting than others, but I feel like the, the students at San Francisco State are incredibly diverse in so many ways, not just race and ethnicity, although that's some of it. Um, I think that... Um, they have really interesting lives and really interesting stories and, and teaching journalism, I'm teaching students how to look for interesting stories and tell them.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, at any time when you were a student, when you're a lecturer, now that you're back at any time in that, like how, how important was sort of the legacy of SF state to you? The student strikes, um, I think ethnic was, studies, all that, yeah, all that stuff. I
0: think that that's a huge part of San Francisco State. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the um, the history of activism, radicalism, not accepting the status quo, challenging um, the world the way it was, trying to make the world a better place, trying to you know ec- caring about equity issues, caring about um giving opportunities to people who don't who may not normally get them mm-hmm. i mean all of those things are so much about what it's like to be at san francisco state mm-hmm. to, to be a student there to be a um a faculty member there mm-hmm. so i think that's it's that's always huge. just been important yeah to you. yeah, yeah. It's really...
1: okay which came first diversity style guide or your position as chair of the department
0: Diverse, uh, let's see, um, diversity style guide. Can we talk first. about that? And, yeah.
1: and I guess just from the beginning, what, okay. where did that come from?
0: Yeah, so San Francisco State's journalism department had a, um, a place called the Center for Integration and Improvement of Journalism mm-hmm. that was founded about 1991 or so. So Mm -hmm. after I was a student, but before I started teaching there. Right. And um, the center was grant, mostly grant funded. We had some money from the university, grant funded or donation funded. Mm -hmm. And it uh, was all about diversity in journalism, making journalism a more equitable place, and helping people tell stories of diverse communities Mm -hmm. Um, and also helping students, diverse, you know, students from very different backgrounds um, succeed in journalism.
1: In that way. In that way, yeah. Telling diverse stories, not Mm -hmm. only, yeah. yeah.
0: Right. So that's been a big part of our department for many years. Mm -hmm. And um, we started to lose funding through... The digital revolution. Mm. Um, there used to be, at when it was founded, there was a lot of money for diversity, and mm-hmm. that dried up. Um, newspapers were struggling. Media organizations were rethinking their mission, how they presented news, and so diversity sort of was put on the back burner from a lot of by a lot of foundations and mm-hmm. the places. So we were losing funding, and. Um, we decided, and we lost our executive director Mm. position, um, and so we decided that different faculty members would step in for a semester or two Mm -hmm. and get a course release to do work with the center. Okay. So this is probably around, I can't remember the year. Um, That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, So I had an opportunity to be the interim director of the center and i knew that there had been something called the diversity style guide which was a collection of terms taken from a few style guides so the nabj national association of black journalists style guides and national center for disability and journalism had a style guide the Native American Journalists Association. So there were a few style guides at that time, and someone had collected all the terms together. Oh, okay. And put funny. them on a PDF, you know, put the, type them up, mm-hmm. and posted a PDF on a website. Okay. And so when I was in this interim director position, I thought, wow, what if we took this style guide, expanded it, and made it a searchable uh, website. So I got a grant from the Sigma Delta Chi Foundation of the Society of Professional Journalists and to do this project. And I worked with, and I found a whole bunch more style guides. And so I got permission from these organizations and others to put together this diversity style guide on a website. And as I was compiling this, I realized that, well, there's so much more than just should the be in black be capitalized Mm -hmm. or should, um, um, you know, how do you use a certain word or what does a certain word mean, Mm -hmm. Um, that there were deeper issues here. Mm -hmm. And so I... um, wrote a book proposal for a book that I ended up writing about half of, and then I also got other people, Vinice Wagner yeah. um, and Sally Lehrman wrote a chapter on implicit bias. Yeah. Um, and um, Christina Azakar wrote a chapter yeah. on um, covering um, indigenous communities and mm-hmm. um, So I got a a few other people and then I wrote uh, and researched a lot of the chapters too. So it's really about, it's kind of a, it's a guide for journalists on how to cover different communities, looking at some of the mistakes that we've made in journalism, looking at some of the, um, the changing thinking about language and culture and um, how to write about Different groups of people, and so then the book came out in I think in 2019.
1: Okay, well, and, and the website was already up,
0: and the website was up a few years before that, maybe 20, 2016. I think, okay, and um, it
1: but it wasn't what would you say it was only for? Journalists are only for students. Well, I mean it's it's on the World Wide yeah, Web, right? Yeah, so. exactly.
0: It's funny because I thought of it as something for journalists, journalism students, and sort of other media writers. Mm-hmm. And what's happened, um, particularly since the killing of George Floyd, is that lots of people are thinking about this. <laughs> And so I've um, I ended up doing a lot of consulting work mm. with media organizations um, and and also communications professionals. So I've um, wrote a style guide for Freddie Mac. Oh, wow. um, I've worked with I did a uh, workshop for. Um, Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. um, so so for businesses for businesses, oh, yeah. everybody's really. I'm working now with a um, an organization that does um, that does educational materials for um, cosmetologists. Oh, cool! And they're asking me, well, how do we write about hair? In mm-hmm. fact, I have to look up a term. Here's the term that I'm struggling with right now: mohawk. Okay. The hairstyle. Right. Yeah. Also. So, a, a people. Right. Also a people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm doing some research now on you know is the hairstyle Mohawk is that cultural appropriation? Mm-hmm. Is it seen as offensive? Mm-hmm. Is it, or um, is there another term for it? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of research that I've been doing uh, yeah. for the diversity style guide.
1: I mean. So, silly question but that work must be very challenging but fulfilling
0: oh it's so it's so ongoing challenging and so and, many. On, and what's interesting is that with each group that i'm working with the issues are somewhat different <laughs> so with freddie mac for example i was working a lot on housing and terms for terms related to the problem of homelessness and um and um redlining mm-hmm. and the history of um oppression and segregation gentrification and gentrification and all of, it, all of those yeah yeah all yeah. those kind of terms were coming up
1: so you're the chair of the freaking department now. yeah
0: <laughs> that's yeah. amazing
1: congratulations thank you um what happened
0: well uh, the ch- the chair position is a rotating position okay. so uh, it was has it always been it has always been oh, some okay. people have done it for so the typical term is 3 years some people do it for 2 3 year terms some do it for some have done it maybe for 3 3 year terms but mostly we've had um people doing it for 3 or 6 years Got it. so i'm okay. at the end of i'm in the last semester of my 3 year term okay and it um so through covid through covid yeah okay. so most of the time i've been share has been through covid and it's thanks been, universe <laughs> yeah it's been a very very challenging yeah i don't mean to
1: uh, make light of it um mm-hmm. for sure yeah do you want to talk about those challenges sure, at yeah, all i mean yeah. i don't think most people aren't teachers uh uh-huh. of yeah. any level but um Certainly somewhere, but um, yeah. Let's let's hear what that's like.
0: Yeah. So, um, well, in March we got the word that we were all going to online learning for what we thought would be a couple weeks. Weeks. Yeah, I remember that. And um, it's so cute in s- hindsight. Yes, I know. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's, a couple weeks. It's, it's hard to hard to remember that, but mm-hmm. um, and so we were trying to figure out. Well, how do you teach online? There's this thing called Zoom, which um. I guess we had used Zoom a little bit before that, mm-hmm. but certainly not to the extent we've used it now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we teach multimedia skills mm-hmm. online? How do we teach photography? And in the the early months, you know, we were pretty locked down. Yeah. So we were having to decide we had had this whole um, um, ethos in the department of Going out in the streets, interviewing people face to face, um, the idea that, you know, email interviews were kind of useless, phone interviews were better, but really the gold standard of journalism was a face to face Mm -hmm. interview. Mm -hmm. And we were really trying to inculcate that spirit in our students. And then COVID comes and they're barely allowed to go out of their houses. Right. So we were trying to figure out how to help students learn the skills of journalism when they were masked or locked up or whatever. And so, um, yeah, students were having to figure out how to be journalists. And, you know, we have a, a generation of students in our department now who have hardly— you know, been face it. to face with people,
1: right? Just I'm just thinking challenges all over the place. Yeah, everything. Yeah,
0: and plus our students, some of them were getting sick. Their family members mm, were getting right. sick. Some of them lost family members to COVID. I was touching them. They lost jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to figure out how they were going to afford the rent. A lot of them were depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say were, but I think a lot of them still are depressed. Yeah. Um, and
1: did you see some attrition, I'm sure? Yes. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We Polk's lost a lot out. of
0: students. So, yeah. So we're all trying to figure out what the after life is going mm-hmm. to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for the journalism department at SF State, but also for all of us.
0: Right. <laughs> um,
1: can we end on something? So our, our theme this year on the podcast is We're Still Here. Um, you're obviously still teaching at SF State. Um, San Francisco, I feel like, is still a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, What does it mean to you, we're still here?
0: I think what it means for me, I mean, the one thing good about the pandemic, just as when I was going to grad school and 9-11 hit, is that there are opportunities to tell incredible stories and to share with readers, viewers, audiences, the nuances of how these events are affecting real people. Um, As challenging as the pandemic has been for us personally, economically, mental health wise, uh, psychologically. Um, It's also been a time of growth, of finding new connections, of finding new interests, of, um, of overcoming grief and loss and I think that journalists, journalism students and journalists are here to tell those stories and to document one of the most cataclysmic things that our country has gone through. Um, This was not just a single event, this was two years of lots of things happening. Two years and counting. Two years and counting, yes. Um, Two years so far of, you know, changes in the economy, changes in the society, Uh, and the you know the the racial reckoning mm-hmm. um that's happened um, I think is is not exactly related to the pandemic, but certainly grew out of the pandemic. Um, so so, yeah, I think we are still here, and we're still here to tell those stories.
1: That was Rochelle Canaical. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, meet Jim Argo, a born and raised San Francisco realtor. Episode 36 drops next Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 180 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review the show so we can reach even more folks. We love email, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco.